welcome to the State of the Channel, the podcast for MSPs. I'm Rob Ray, Data's Vice President of Business Development. We bring you new podcasts bi-weekly featuring MSPs like you, as well as Dato experts and industry leaders. Before we jump into our latest episode, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss anything in the future. All right, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the State of the Channel, Datto's podcast for MSPs. I'm Ryan Weeks, the Chief Information Security Officer at Data Link, And today I'm joined by the senior member of my team, Chris Henderson, who's our Director of Information Security, uh, specializing in uh, governance, compliance, and audit. Um, Chris, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate it. As we leave 2020 in the rear view and, and head into the brave unknown that will be 2021, uh, thought we'd take the opportunity to discuss this year's uh, kind of shifts in the cybersecurity landscape, whether it comes from you know, the global panic, uh, just general shifts in threat actor tactics, um, but taking a special focus on how it pertains to MSPs. Um, so, you know, our hope, mine and Chris, is that you will find this discussion helpful, especially as you plan your business for the upcoming year. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly if you do find it helpful, don't hesitate to share it with other MSPs in the community. Um, our, our goal is to help everyone continue to grow. So. Um, with that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll jump right in. Um, Chris, what were some of the changes that happened this year as a result of COVID that you think had the biggest impact on cybersecurity? I think the, the extension of your works network space into the home of all of your users long-term is going to have the biggest impact, right? You have your network defense is now only as strong as the weakest IoT device that any of your home employees have or employees that are now working at home. Um, you're also, your work machines are now cohabitating with, you know, machines owned by 13-year-olds who are not very well-versed in cybersecurity. And, you know, the just the the number of assets that are now interacting with your either work provided machines or the BYOD devices that your employees are now opting to use. It's just the control plane that you have over your own, you know, access to your machines. It's just, it's never been like this before. And I, I think as people go back to the office, they're now bringing these machines that were largely out in the wild west back into a controlled environment. And, you know, what are we going to see when that happens? Yeah, I agree. Uh, for me, one of the things that was especially concerning with regard to MSPs this year was kind of that that shift to remote working um, was not facilitated by all MSPs in a security conscious way. Uh, what I mean by that is there was an absolute skyrocket in the amount of internet facing RDP services that were made available for um, SMBs to, to remote work. Um, we have seen that decline as, as more kind of long-term, um, you know, kind of remote access mechanisms have been put in place that are safer, but that, you know, that tactic alone is kind of the number one, uh, method via which ransomware gets delivered to, uh, SMB, uh, environments and MSPs. And so, then open, you know, seeing that increase in RDP literally just made my heart drop. Um, 
because it was, you know, basically providing a larger tax surface to these threat actors and been focusing on MSPs and SMPs for quite a while. So, you know, I think the, you know, unfortunately the message is still don't yeah. use internet facing RDP. Um, as easy as it is, you know, as, as, uh, you know, as user-friendly as it is, it's not worth losing your business uh, or the business of one of your customers over um, or putting yourself through the pain of having to restore and recover that environment. Um, yeah, that was definitely huge. And I completely agree on the, the um, kind of networking space, what we call it, like the consumer networking space, right? For me, there have been, you know, tons of, uh, you know, previous attacks um, that have targeted consumer home networking equipment, primarily to kind of enslave these routers and make them part of like distributed denial of service botnets. But if you think of them as supply chain to companies now, um, you know, that's potentially very interesting. And, you know, we're just finding out as we're going through this kind of you know, major hack that is affecting government institutions through software supply chain. Even today, and, you know, I'm going to preface this with, you know, to our knowledge, nothing has actually happened at this company. Um, but it was announced that Belkin actually ran the vulnerable software package and, and Belkin providing consumer home networking equipment, you know, again, just kind of tickled that kind of fear for me. Um, and I love the way you classified yeah. it as long-term because I do think this is the type of thing you know, I like to say, this is the gene you can't put back in the bottle, right? People will continue to work from home. They will use the flexibility that they've learned how to, uh, you know, to exercise through this pandemic into the future. And so I don't think that this is a problem that's going to go far away for us. And from an MSP perspective, that means you now need to figure out how to secure <laughs> you know, your SMB's home networks as well as their corporate networks. And that's, you know, just added work. And hopefully, you know, you're you're getting compensated for that additional work. But I, did, I don't think Chris or I would tell you that. No, I think, you know, there's also a question of how often are people updating those home routers? I mean, even at my house, you know, it's proved challenging to find a time window where I can turn my router off and reboot it for an update and not disrupt my or my wife's workday or, you know, what my kids are doing after hours. And so it's... It's it's while there might even be patches for some of these you know exploits that are being taken advantage of. It's how many people are applying them, and not only that, but like what updating the individual packages on your router, not only the firmware, right? Some of these routers come with whole software suites, and are you keeping each of those individual little little packages up to date? Yeah, it's it's, it's a great call out. I mean, I recently. Other than just having crappy Wi-Fi in my house, I had to. Uh, I, I decided to upgrade my home Wi-Fi because the wireless router that I'd used for the last I don't know eight years, ten years, stopped receiving firmware updates. It had been like a year and a half since there was a firmware update, um, and I just knowing what I know, there was no way that that was without vulnerability and. You know, so I decided to, to upgrade to something that was patchable again, but not all consumers, especially SMBs, yeah. um, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. They don't understand that not getting a firmware update in a year and a half equals broke. Um, you alluded to patching. Um, I think another interesting shift in, you know, as a result of COVID-19 was 
you know, obviously RDP was huge, but um, the kind of the there was a definite spike in the amount of threat actors that were targeting vulnerabilities in remote access infrastructure like firewalls uh, and, and VPNs. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the ways this has affected MSPs is obviously if they have that infrastructure, whether it's RDP or remote access VPN gateways, they need to be keeping those up to date, just like we were talking about needing to keep your home routers up to date. The, those critical pieces of infrastructure that allow those SMBs to remain uh, productive have become a favored target. So MSPs need to stay on top of the security challenges in those technologies and provide vendor supplied uh, patches as quickly as possible, which, you know, even it's funny because you were just talking about basically providing IT support for your family, needing to find a good time to do that. And that's the same problem MSPs face just on a much larger scale. You know, this is critical infrastructure and a lot of people are working more hours now than they did pre-pandemic. How do you find a good time to do downtime to patch this kind of critical pathway to, to maintaining productivity? And so um, that's another huge kind of impact or side effect from, from COVID-19, um, which we're going to continue to see. And I think, you know, the, the I think we're around this conversation off is very rarely do it do attackers develop tactics and then abandon them. So they've learned these things uh, to be successful um, during their kind of, you know, their experience and their adaptation to the pandemic, highly likely that they're going to continue to uh, to leverage these types of pathways yeah, uh, into the future. Uh, are there any other major challenges that, that, that you you think or you saw MSPs facing as a result of the the pandemic? So one of the biggest ones that I I heard one of the MSPs I was talking to reference was uh, they have sites that were dark that now are needing remote support. Uh, in a way that they didn't previously, and doing that securely has been a, a huge struggle for them. Um, I heard of you know one factory plant that got hit with a ransomware just because somebody brought a, a home workstation in to, to work on the um, that infrastructure rather than you know the corporate one, and it's just you know a mixing of assets potentially, and it's right the the whole you know the I forget the stat off the top of my head. You probably know it. The average dwell time for these attackers, right? I think systems are going to get popped. People are not going to know it. And they're waiting until they're connected back to that corporate VPN to execute. And it's just, uh, I think, you know, without uh, sort of the, the corporate protections that you have on the, these these workstations and assets, you know, if they're not calling home as your RMM uh, properly detecting signatures and things like that. And it's, it's just a matter of when you reconnect back in the, if you've been hit with something and they're, they're just there waiting for, for you to connect back to corporate to execute, you know, how well are you protected there? Yeah, I mean, it's a great call out, right? MSPs don't really um, deploy, or very few MSPs, I should say, don't really deploy device trust as part of kind of network access. And so certainly employees becoming comfortable using their home machines to do work while at home 
Um, you know, especially as we go back, might translate to them feeling comfortable bringing those home machines in to work from work. And so that's almost like a future the, challenge. the differentiation um, between even in the opposite, right? I, how many people are now using their work machine for personal life? And like, where is that fine line? As you said, people are working longer and longer hours. And it's, you know, if I'm going to catch an hour break here, do I really want to pull out a whole nother machine? Or do I just want to be, you know, perusing the weird places on the internet on my work machine and getting like, you know, nigh on cat viruses? Yeah, it's, it's fair. Yeah, I think that's, so that's another challenge, right? This kind of commingling of, work and home behavior on assets that were not intended for one or both of those uh those use cases um uh yeah that's that's it's definitely a challenge and, and um you know may require an adaptation of a technology stack um i think the biggest thing for me was most msps understood the need to invest in, in additional kind of cybersecurity capabilities to you know, provide further cyber resilience for themselves and their customers. Um, but the challenge was is COVID-19 put a lot of that on pause, right? Some MSPs had to reduce seats in critical tools like remote monitoring and management, which facilitates reporting and patching. Um, and then, you know, maybe they're delaying uh, additional purchases that would enhance their technology stack and kind of, you know, SMBs went into kind of lockdown mode in terms of their appetite for additional spend. And luckily, I think we've mostly come out of that now. And it's it's looking like there'll be a strong demand for IT security spend uh, in 2021, um, partially just because of the trajectory we were already on, but also just the headwinds or the, um, sorry, the, the trailing winds, the, the favorable winds behind us, um, kind of leading into 2021 as a result of this kind of major intrusion that's got everybody kind of questioning whether or not they have the right security in place. Um, so I think there's a, you know, I think that challenge also created an opportunity now. It's, you know, people are people are starting to, to realize they're going to need to make an investment in this area and, and, and it's going to manifest. But I think in early 2020, um, very difficult for MSPs to make some of those security changes they needed to those environments. I think so. So how are some of the ways that you've seen MSPs sort of come over these challenges? So there's been a lot of conversation around how to educate or, or I want to say how to sell, but really it's around education of the SMB as to why they need uh, additional security capabilities, right? I think it's it's difficult because you know some SMBs are like, listen, that the cost to do IT well is almost so high that it's you know it's not even worth it, and we might as well just sell our business um, to someone else that's bigger and can can af- you know afford those costs. Um, but, you know, on the, on the flip side, like, you know, MSPs are, are, are working to, uh, you know, the hardest thing to do is to educate your market, right? But that's exactly what needs to happen because a lot of SMBs just assume that their technology provider, their MSP, is, is, is bringing with them a depth of security capability. And, and in some cases that may be true, but in many cases it's not. 
And I think as MSPs of, uh, you know, and the SMB space has come under attack since late 2018, there, there's an awakening in the, on the SMB side to the need for, um, for increased investment in this area, but it's still incredibly low. I mean, in the, in the global state of the ransomware report, it was something like nine out of 10 MSPs, um, you know, think that there's a, a kind of an urgent need uh, with regard to cybersecurity. Whereas on the SMB side, it's like, you know, one out of five or, or less. Right. right. And so it's like that gap is, still concerning, but I think the, the, the silver lining is um, 50% of MSPs reported an increase in IT security spending in, even through the first half of 2020. Um, so again, I think there's an opportunity there. MSPs are just going to need to figure out how to communicate the value of what it is they're providing. And, and more importantly, from my perspective, what it is and what it is not that they're providing to yeah. Right. Yeah. If your base service level does not offer the, you know, the security uh, knobs and whistles that you need to actually be secure, is it clearly communicated that at this price point, you're not purchasing your own security and you're, you're operating with all of this risk and, you know, justifying that extra spend just through, you know, the risk of ransomware alone is potentially business ending in either downtime or the actual ransom. And, you know, is what's the return on investment you get for this? Uh, and does it adequately protect you from that, you know, that devastating eventuality? Yeah, I mean, this, so maybe this gets, it feeds a little bit into the challenges too um, question, but one of the things that uh, MSPs have done in mass this year, um, you know, we have a strong indicator of that again in the global state of ransomware report. One, uh, you know, half, one out of two MSPs has started to partner with an MSSP. Um, the, the primarily quoted reason for them doing that is half of all of those, so one quarter of all the people surveyed, um, went with an MSSP to uh, increase their ransomware preparedness. The number two most cited reason was uh, to help them to develop uh, a, a capability to sell security services to SMBs. And so they're, they're already finding ways, pressure release valves to hit to help them figure out how to take advantage of this, you know, this, this opportunity, right? We can call it a challenge, but really what it is is an opportunity. And some people will, will rise to that and some won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the data is definitely interesting, right? Even though, again, even though there's a large gap between MSPs and SMBs, you know, really truly innately understanding the importance of security, the um, IT security spend is increasing and MSPs are finding ways to partner with people to, to, to capture some of that opportunity. And so I think we're just gonna see more of that in 2021. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what about, have you seen any interesting ways that the MSPs and the end users have been working together to combat some of these threats? It's an interesting question. I mean, when I talk to MSPs, rarely is the conversation around them partnering with their SMBs anything other than 
this is what I've been able to get my SMB customers to do and, and not do. Um, I think the more interesting trend, um, and I, I should hesitate to even call it a trend, but I think the thing that many successful MSPs are doing that are transitioning or security-minded MSS, uh, MSPs, sorry, is um, the concept of referring an SMB forward. Um, you know, we have a, a, an MSP I'm very close with on the on the West Coast. Um, uh, he actually um, he has a very defined set of things that he does for his customers, and he does that partially to protect them, but also to protect his business, right? Because if if there's an adverse event on one of them, it can affect all of his business, right? Just like you know, even though right. you know, um, you know, even though one branch of Sony was hacked back in 2014, um, and and a number of branches previously, that has cascading impacts for the, the whole entity. And so, um, when he finds an SMB that is just can't really rise to the level of investment or 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 really palette kind of the the, the type of service that he's offering. Um, rather than modify his service to meet their needs, he finds someone that will give them what they are interested in because he's realized that he can't take that risk onto his business. It's just kind of an unacceptable level of risk. And I think we're increasingly seeing MSPs kind of define these kind of one or two tiers of service, right? Silver and gold or gold and platinum or whatever you want to call it, um, where it's like, you know, baseline security, better security, right? Not even like good, right. better, best, just, you know, good, better. Um, uh, and and really saying like, these are your options. There's no a la carte here. You can't not do EDR. You can't not do intrusion monitoring. Like it's just not a thing. Um, and so I, I don't know that there's like a partnership developing between SMBs and MSPs yet. But I think that's partially because if you think about where the SMB is on the kind of awareness and education curve of what's happening, you know, if, if security professionals in the space are, you know, where we are now and MSPs are a year behind us, SMBs are two or, you know, two years behind them. Uh, and so I think right. it's a, just a long tail. I think you won't really start to see that type of strong partnership, um, you know, going into 2021, with the exception of those SMBs that do have an adverse security event, then we see very strong partnerships uh, starting to develop. Um, and ideally, you know, that's, you know, if, if you're an MSP and you have an SMB that had a security event and you, you know, they came over to you and you helped them through it, or, you know, you did a superlative job of handling that event for them, you should use that in building stronger relationships with all the rest of your customers because that's a differentiator, right? Um, never underestimate the power of a good story. Yeah. Or proof that you're a battle-tested yeah. MSP, right? We, we got through this, we've experienced it, we know what it looks like and how to help you get through it and protect you against it. Yeah, and do that in a way that's you know very honest about what you can and can't do at the same time, right? You don't want to you don't want to don your superhero cape and say you can protect them from any invader. Um, you know, but, yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, 
uh, yeah, I think anytime you have that differentiator, it's certainly valuable to, to throw out there. So what do you think in, in 2021, are we, uh, we're going to see more of the same attacks happening that we did in 2020 uh, with work from home orders and quarantine and whatnot continuing? Or do you think it's it's going to go back to sort of the world that it was 2019? No, I mean, I kind of already gave a little bit of a preview of my answer, right? This is the genie that you can't put back in the bottle, right? It's, um, you know, Pandora's box might even be better, <laughs> better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, with all the crazy stuff that's been unleashed in the world this year. But I think... Um, you know, I don't see any reason that uh, ransomware is going to decrease in uh, 2021. Um, it has just become incredibly lucrative. Um, and I think the other reason for that is, you know, unfortunately, there are still many MSPs and SMBs that are making it very easy for these attackers to do what they need to do, right? Between kind of internet RDP, unpatched internet-facing infrastructure, unpatched interactive user endpoints, um, or unmanaged interactive user endpoints, and credential theft and monitoring and lack of MFA. You know, just that, that set of things alone leads to a number of very simple, not complicated uh, tradecraft, um, which is what we refer to the tactics, techniques, and procedures that attackers use. Um, that trade character is incredibly simple. And so um, they just have no incentive to go anywhere else because, you know, uh, you've, you've heard me say this before, Chris, attackers are like electrons. What happens when an electron meets yep. resistance? <laughs> Finds a path of least resistance, right? Lesser resistance. And so we're not, as a whole, as a channel, putting up strong enough resistance to force a change in their behaviors and as a result of that, I think we're just going to see more of the same. Now, if we do manage to you know, raise that tide and lift all boats, we're going to deal with a different set of you know, shifts in tradecraft. Um, and we'll have to work towards you know, mitigating those. But I think you know, for me, the big thing is the only way we get through this is as a community, right? It doesn't help for, and I've said this for, for a long time, Vendor blaming and victim shaming is not the way we get through this kind of uh, epidemic. Um, it requires a community response. And so we've been uh, very focused on community activities and anything that helps SMBs, whether you're, um, you know, SMBs and MSPs, whether you're above the poverty line or not when it comes to cybersecurity, right? We got to help get you there. Um, through any means necessary. And so, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more ransomware. There's one trend that concerns me a little bit. Um, and I don't know if it concerns you, but that kind of this, I'm going to call it the rise of the insider threat. Um, there are just some indications, not enough indications for me to really call it a trend. Like I'd want to see a lot more of what 2021 has to offer. But we've had some pretty high profile, not we as in Datto, but we as, you know, the world um, and cor corporate America has seen some fairly large data breaches and, and intrusions resulting from colluding insiders. 
Um, you know, there's always like the unwitting insider, like I click on a link and now my machine's infected and yada, yada, yada. Like, you know, there's been a lot of that for a number of years, but, but we're, we're seeing this trend where, you know, attackers are having a hard time getting a foothold into an environment. We'll find an underemployed employee, promise them six times their salary to install a piece of software on a machine, and you're off to the races, right? And so I think we haven't really seen that tactic yet in the MSP space, but we're seeing it out in the kind of broader community, in the broader world. And so to me, you know, it's always one of those things where you just kind of sit up and take notice and you're like, all right, well, we should probably think about what that's going to look like when that when that visits, you know, when that ghost of Christmas future, uh, you know, visits us uh, in, in the night at some at some distant point in time, um, and be prepared for that visit. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, one of my things, I, I yeah, I wonder if we're if we're actually going to see perhaps a, a downturn of reported ransomware of individual computers in a, in a corporate space with with people working from home and sort of the embarrassment that comes with getting your computer ransomed, uh, it's it's far easier now to sort of pay that ransom. Nobody's going to see me. I'm working from home, right? I'm not on the VPN and I, I did something I shouldn't have and I got ransomed. And, you know, my fear is how many of those events are occurring and people are just paying the ransom, not wiping the machine, thinking everything's good and dandy and then connecting back to corp. And then that 12 times starts. And, right, I, I think it's, it's easier now to feel as though the things that I'm doing on my workstation don't impact the larger organization uh, because you're physically disconnected working remotely. Um, and with, without that physical connection to your colleagues and the rest of your offices, sort of, it's very easy to disconnect the ramifications of what you're doing from that the corporate space. Um, I'm worried sort of what that turns into yeah. in 2021. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's spot on right there. I think it was maybe even in 2019 um, I read an article, which I've, I've since had a hard time digging up, um, but it, it just stuck with me. Like I can remember the, I can remember the feeling when I read it. One in four business users pays ransom in order to avoid getting into trouble. And like that, yeah. that in and of itself is a silent epidemic. You add something like COVID-19 on top of it. You know, even if you pay that ransom, we all know that the the dropper that dropped the exploit kit or the or the, the ransomware is still there, and they're key logging and they're you know they're doing all sorts of other good stuff on those assets. So um, they're going to keep doing that. Um, I I do think where we're probably going to see a lot of innovation in the ransomware attacks is is going to and an area where twenty was a major. Center for Innovation and Ransomware Attacks was it really became the year of a ransomware attack becoming a dual-pronged risk, right? Not just the ransomware and the downtime um, and the cost of recovery and data loss and loss of productivity, but also data breaches, right? Uh, the attackers have been in these systems for you know weeks to months um, in almost all cases. They've already spilt, you know, sifted through all the information and taken the valuable stuff. And if you have a great response plan to recover, they're still going to try and extort you by um, telling you that, you know, if you pay, they won't release your files, um, you know, publicly. But the truth of the matter is they've already taken the data. It's already been, you know, accessed in an unauthorized way. 
um, you need to treat that data as though it's already been made public anyway. Um, right. But some people are paying, even though they have the ability to recover, they're paying a ransom anyway to avoid those kind of public data breach um, you know, types of situations. And so I think we're going to see more innovation along that. You know, you know um, we recently did MSP Tech Day um, and I had a chance to interview Brian Krebs, a well-known security reporter, um, you know, focuses on this space. And he noted an attack where the threat actor um, actually threatened to delete one SMB client a day until the MSP paid. They had such strong persistence in the environment, and the MSP was struggling to eradicate them. Yeah, and they weren't paying the ransom that they were actually going to go through and, um, you know, and, and delete one per day. Brian didn't report on this, like, you know, in his, you know, in his normal fashion, because he's, he's has strict kind of beliefs in, in what he publishes. And he wasn't able to get a second source on the record um, to corroborate it. Um, but, you know, he believes that this was very much a tactic that this ransomware group was taking. And so, I think you know we need to look at that and we need to be prepared for the fact that they've already been in your systems. They're going to ransom you. They're going to crypto jack you. They're going to steal all your data. They're going to do whatever they can to make a dollar off of you. And, um, and they want as many revenue streams off of a single attack as possible. And so we should expect them to get more creative um, in how they attempt to extort uh, information from us. Um, but again, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to double down on, on what I said earlier. I don't think we're going to see a major shift in tactic, um, unless it's something that happens just as a result of an opportunity. Um, you know, like like the current supply chain software issue, right? That that was really, right. I think, an attack born out of opportunity. Um, although we don't have information on that yet. Um, you know, it, it could have been that it was just opportunity. They stumbled upon something that ultimately them act on an objective. Um, but I, I just don't see that changing much in 2021. Do, you know, what are what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you have any other kind of ideas? No, I think right. We saw we saw ransomware shift from this spray and pray to you know sophisticated threat actors using ransomware to. Um, uh, to breach as well as just ransom, but it's, I, I agree. I think we're going to see, we have the the data breach and the holding the public release as, as ransom as well as, you know, your internal data. And I think we're just going to see more along those lines, better ways to monetize the the access that they've gotten in your own data against you. And it's, it's harsh, right? Like this is, it's just how many ways can you get penalized for a single event? Um, and they're going to try to capitalize on more and more of those. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. That that also shook something loose for me, which was some alarming statistic I saw recently that like the number of COVID pandemic related malicious domains created this year is in like the hundreds of thousands. Um, and you know, I think as long as we continue to deal with this threat uh, and anytime there's some sort of sensational event associated with it that leads people to want to seek out additional information. Like I think the next wave of 
you know, malicious domains is going to be related to COVID-19 vaccine information, right? And so I think MSPs, you know, they don't necessarily need to stay on top of like every single day-to-day, what's the new domain, you know, but they need to have trust in their technology providers that they are staying on top of those things and helping them to automate the protection of those things in their environment. Because when you're dealing with, you think about hundreds of thousands in a year, that's hundreds to thousands a day. Four and a half a minute. I just went back in our Slack history where we yeah, were talking about it. I mean, that's just bonkers, right? Like that's no person can keep up with that. That's a technology problem. And so if you don't have technology in place to help you combat a threat that's that's working at that speed, um, that's an area where you need kind of robots, uh, you know, to, to help you and technology to help you. And so um, I think that was a challenge too, especially early on, because think about it. Everybody was working in these safe little ecosystems with MSP provided security wrapped around it. And then you send them all home. They start working on stuff over, you know, single factor VPNs and, and RDP. And at the same time, they're browsing the web looking for COVID information because they, they don't know how to keep their family safe. Um, and their machines are getting popped with malware. And maybe you know that, maybe you don't, because maybe the VPN split tone and RDP certainly doesn't suck all that back. And you don't have the web filtering or the DNS sync holding in the in place. And so I think just a huge challenge this year was the MSP kind of restoring a set of security capabilities to those remote machines. And I think hopefully we're largely over that now. But if you're an MSP and you're listening to this podcast and you haven't solved for that problem, I think you might have uh, an idea of what you need to focus on in Q1 of 2021. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, this was fun. Thanks, Chris, for, uh, for, for hopping on. Hey, everyone, it's Rob. If you found value in this podcast, don't forget to subscribe in the streaming platform of your choice and reach out to us via email at stateofthechannel at datto.com with any feedback or questions you have. Your ideas are always appreciated. Our blog is another great place to learn about Datto and what's happening in the channel. So go check it out at datto.com slash blog. Thanks for listening and have a great day.